0: Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do, serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Because you can quit your job and go live under a bridge if you want. You can. You don't have to have a job. You don't have to do what your boss says. You don't have to. So stop listening to the part of you that's telling you that story, because it's a 12,000-year-old story that only hurts you. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Last episode, we talked about the history of work in relation to authority. But how do you get over that and stop making your job an unnecessarily negative aspect of your life? Well, I'll let you in on a little secret. Nobody has to work. I promise you, you don't. But most of us, if not all of us, have an inner critic and the voice of our inner manager in our head telling us we have to do the job that we do. How do you work through this and relate to your job fully as your choice? How do you get over thousands of years of conditioning? That held self interest as a negative thing. This episode is from a recent weekly member webcast. For more information about the many benefits of clear and open membership and how to get the help you need in conversations just like this, please go to clearandopen.com. Thanks so much for listening. Let's dive in. History does tend to repeat itself. Chelsea, you're right. It does. So how is this, how is the slave labor mentality that has been in our collective history and remains in our collective unconscious, as Carl Jung would say, how is it still operating? What I would offer is every time someone says something like, I have to go to work. Every time someone says, I have to go to work or I have to do such and such or my boss made me, blah, blah, blah. We reinvoke that picture. You know, it's a, it's a common misunderstanding of the way human beings and consciousness works to think that just because we understand something here, you may understand that you're at choice about having your job and that you're working from your own self-interest. But look more closely... Do you actually inhabit that? Do you embody that all the way? What I would offer is the, the idea of working for yourself, working in your own self-interest, even if you have a boss, we're probably thousands of years away from really evolving into that. We're on our way. We're on our way. But the, the leaders in our, in, in the, in our world... Even in here in the United States, the first and only country founded on the rights of the individual a few hundred years ago. Even here, if you listen between the lines to our leaders, you can hear the divine right of kings. You can hear that. And newsflash, we still live in a kind of theocracy. Why does it say in God we trust on our currency? I thought there was a separation of church and state. I never understood that. Separation of church and state is not active in our world. It's a whole lot better than it used to be, for sure, but there's not a complete and total separation. Right? So. <laughs> work is a four-letter word. Yes, it used to be, and it's still, and it still is. So, what I'm inviting you to to just pay attention to is the the embodiment gap here. And I'm inviting you to say, even though you've all heard me talk about work as um, making it in your self-interest, what I'm trying to suggest is this is an evolutionary process for all human beings, given our history, and it's an evolutionary process for each of us. Because stored, perhaps, somehow in our DNA, but certainly in our collective unconscious, is this aversion to work. Because the very idea that hard work is a virtue and is for us is three or 400 years old. That's all. So what does that mean? That means every day you go to work, you have an opportunity to overcome and undergo those beliefs about work. Because even though you may understand intellectually that work is for you, that you're choosing your job, does it really feel like that all the time? And do you actually embody that all the time? I mean, just yesterday, I was writing today's blog and I heard this voice in my head that said, I really don't want to work right now. I don't want to be doing this right now. And I went, oh, that's interesting. That's what I was planning on talking about tomorrow. And I, could, and I felt this feeling, oh, I have to work. And I was like, well, is that true? Is that true that I have to work right now? Well, I'm, I do a blog every week. Yeah, but I have no boss. I haven't really made the promise that I would do a blog every week. Do I really have to do that? Is that true that I have to do that? And then the voice in me relented. No, it's not true okay, so what's really going on here? Because this facade of oppression I'm not buying, oh, woe is me, I've got to spend the afternoon getting to do some creative writing, poor me, right? That's the slave labor mentality. It created this false authority that does not exist. I have to do it, why? Where, 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 where's where's the gun to my head? Where's the Pharaoh? Where is that? We all do this. If you don't hear this voice in your head, you're just not listening closely enough. It's there. We all have this made-up oppressor in us who makes us do you know, all those things you don't want to do. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you pretend it's not there, then you have a problem. And, then, and of course, the, the less aware you are of it, the more you will put that false oppressor, where does it go? Where does that false oppressor projection go? It's got to go somewhere. It'll either go with, with someone like me because I don't have a boss, it might go to my own inner critic and create this inner tension. But if you have a boss, then what happens? That projection goes to, the, to your boss. Your feeling, your inner oppressor gets projected onto your boss. Like they're making you do what you have to do. Is that really true? You don't have to do anything your boss tells. You can quit. Now you may not want to. You can start your own business. Now you may not want to. But you're really not a victim in any way, shape, or form. And if you're really paying attention, then you probably will notice this, this tension in you many times during the day where you feel like you're having to do something that you don't want to do. Because this has been going on for almost all of human history. And us, you guys, we, we are changing this right now. That's what excites me about this. We're changing history. Can you get this? When you start to relate to your job, as fully your own choice. You're changing history. You're saying, I'm not doing this for a pharaoh, a king who's divinely connected in some way. The person's not my slave master. They're a manager and they can't make me do anything and I don't have to do this job, but I'm doing it for me. Okay, now I said all of that to get to this, why do you do the job that you do? Why do you do the job that you do? And I, I wanna invite some of you to, to you can share right now if, if you're prepared to, or if you're unprepared to, if you just feel like it, tell me what it is you're working on in yourself using your job. Because this is how you do that. Because you're making widgets or coding software or serving people for someone else. What I'm saying here is in content, you can work for someone else, but in context, you can't. Though we've all been conditioned for thousands and thousands of years that that's the case. We've been conditioned to think you work for someone else or something else. And what I'm trying to say is that's actually never been the case. It's the grand illusion that the aristocracy has fooled us with, wanting to squash self-interest because you can't have self-interest and slavery coexist. That doesn't work. And without slavery, how can all those aristocrats live the good life? That's not gonna work. So they had to squash self-interest. Now we live in a world where self interests can coexist and co-create. Where you never feel like you work for your boss. Wouldn't that be cool? That you wake up every day and go to work going, this day is for me. Now in content, if you have a job, in content, yes, I'm serving the company and I'm doing what my boss wants me to do. But in context, I'm getting what I want. And that's bigger. And I don't even necessarily care about the company's widgets. I mean, I do a little bit. But what what matters to me more is me and who I want to become and what I want to be doing one day, if not today. And I'm going to move closer to that. I'm going to be 4% closer when I go to sleep tonight than when I woke up. If you don't do that, you're still in a slave mentality. That's what I offer because that's the default. If you don't do that, you're still operating as a surf because it's so there working for the man got to do with all my bosses on my ass again. That's so there. I mean, walk down the street. If you listen closely, you probably, you know, take 10 minutes for you hear someone complaining about their boss or their work or their job sucks and blah, blah, blah. And it, and it could be true, right? It all can be true. But find the bigger truth of how you can use it for you. That's the only solution I know. Maybe there's a better one. I haven't figured it out yet. And so I wanted to bring this up today because I don't think I've been specific or emphatic enough about what this working for your own self-interest thing really means. Because I sense it in in the way I hear people talk and um, I, I just sense it. Ah, Aida wrote something. It's hard for me to do both things at once. So sometimes there's a lag. To be able to better handle unpredictability in my life. No emotional reaction, just to dress and move on. Great example. So Aida is saying that every day she goes to work, she has probably a dozen or more opportunities to learn how to better handle unpredictability. And, and she could do that digging ditches. Right? You're digging a ditch and you hit a rock. Oh no, a rock. My ditch is forever ruined. Oh no, wait, I wanna get better at handling unpredictability. Okay, take a breath. I'll just go around it, I'll get a pickaxe, right? That's a great example, thank you for sharing that. Because that's a contextual thing, that's something Aida says she wants to work on, that nothing can get in the way of that, you see? Nothing can get in the way of that. It's kind of like how um, people talk, some you hear people talk about uh, um, uh, prison, You know, you can be in when someone's in prison, they can put you physically in prison in content, but no one can ever put your mind in prison. But there's a certain kind of freedom that no one can take. That's what I'm talking about here, you guys. And so this is really, really cool because it means if you can find this way of relating to your job, you're always free. And it doesn't matter how bad your boss is or how bad your job is. Now, you may want to be moving towards something that suits you better, that, that is better, but I, I doubt that most of you are in the jobs that you want to be in in 10 years or even five years. Right? That's fine. Guess what? Your boss already knows that. Right? So talk about it. Hey, boss, here's what I want to be doing in five years. I don't want this job in five years. What I want to be doing is this other job. Can you help me see what attributes and qualities I need to work on to have that job? Or, hey boss, I want to have your job in two years. Can you tell me the ways in which I'm not yet qualified for that and help me work on it? And then when you get tough feedback, you embrace it from this other place, right? It's not you've been called out and oppressed by the man. You're getting feedback that will help you become the better you that you want to become. Now, this is very easily said, right? It's easy to say, oh, well, you know, don't let your feelings be hurt when you get negative feedback because it's really for you. That can be a real struggle. That can be difficult. I understand that. But that's a struggle worth struggling with. To, to hear something you don't like and to receive something that you didn't know about yourself and go, ooh, that's, well, that's painful to, to look at that. But because I want to grow as a person, insert specific ways here, like being able to better handle unpredictability, relate to the unknown, change, um, see my impact on other people better, whatever it is, then I choose to take in this feedback. Just like, you know, you can go to the weight room and you can drag around a 45 pound plate and hurt your back doing that, or you can put it on a bar and get stronger with it. It's up to you. The content is irrelevant. It's how you relate to it. And again, easier said than done. So how do you change that? By noticing every single time you have a false oppressor. Woe is me. I'm a, I'm a lowly surf thought. And every time you can, you interrupt it. It means you don't say I have to go to work or I have to do X, Y, and Z without stopping and going, oh, that's interesting. Is that true that I have to? Because that I have to, I should, I need to, those are all stories. None of it's true. Because you can quit your job and go live under a bridge if you want. You can. You don't have to have a job. You don't have to do what your boss says. You don't have to. So stop listening to the part of you that's telling you that story because it's a 12,000-year-old story that only hurts you. And it hurts the people around you too. But self-interest first. Get what you want. So I want to invite every single one of you. I actually try to take any negative feedback and use it to fuel my passion to do better. Learn from it and add more tools in my personal toolbox, exactly. And so related to this, thank you for that. Related to this, I want to invite every single one of you to find, write it down. You don't have to write a grand vision of your personal goals. Some of you have written personal goals. That's great. You don't need to. You know, it's like I used to say everyone should have written personal goals all all the times, but you know, it really is a phase thing. Sometimes it's good to not know what the rest of your life is going to look like and just sort of sit with that for a while. I think eventually it's good to have goals, but there are periods where you may not when you're in some kind of transitional place. But even if you don't have written goals about the kind of job you want to have or the business or the money and the things and all that, even if you don't have that, you can do this. What are two or three qualities that you want to improve in yourself or qualities you want to have in yourself that you're using your job to work on? Like, like Aida said, being able to handle unpredictably unpredictability better, handling change better, working with people better, and be really, really specific. And I want to invite you guys to email me them. And because the intuition I've been having recently is that people aren't being specific enough about it. So that's what I, I want the, I want to help you with. I want to help you get so specific because if you're not specific, if you just say, well, of course I want to use my job to become a better professional. No, not enough. Because if you're not really specific about it and, and granular about it, then it won't be, you, you won't have enough traction and attention to be able to overcome the default slave mentality that we all bring with us. Because when things really get hard, it's like, imagine, well, I want to be a better professional without defining really what that means. And then your boss brings you into their office and says, you know what? Here are X, Y, and Z ways in which you haven't been you know, very professional recently. The clarity with which you're holding your mission isn't going to be enough to offset that. You get what I mean? It requires a certain level of focus. It's just like with a goal. It's like, well, one day I want to be financially free okay, that's a cool goal. I can't see it at all. What's your next step to achieving that? Uh, I don't know. Right. The reason... (laughs) It's a terrible... I don't want to say it's a terrible goal. It's an undefined goal. It's just a kind of vague intention. It doesn't produce obvious next actions, right? Something like, I want to be able to handle unpredictably better. That's quite specific. So for Aida, every time she has that specificity, every time something unpredictable happens... She's got this other partition in her mind that goes, Oh, it's the learning opportunity. It has to be that specific and it's got to be meaningful for you. So I want to invite all of you to do that. If you haven't already, now is the time. Share it with me. I'll give you feedback on it. Share it with your boss if you like. I hope you will. Get feedback there. And it can just be like, You know, a sentence or two or maybe three. It doesn't have to be much more than that. Just something that's a touchstone for you so that when you go to work, you did it for you. And you can keep that as context through your entire day. I'm making widgets. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But what I'm really here for is to become a better communicator, a better listener, a better empathizer, a better whatever, Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the Clear and Open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.